0: Welcome back to another episode of Five Songs or Less. This is Danny, and this time I punish Dante with touche amore. How's it going, Dante? Hello, Danny. Let's let's go. Come on. Let's
1: keep up the pace here. Let's go. First song, you ready? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, I am I am going to be fine. Okay. We we have been talking to each other for about thirty five minutes already. Uh, Had some some tech issues on both ends. I think Um, Mm -hmm. my mouth and my butt. And uh, but it seems like we've gotten those sorted. There's no more no more delay or connectivity issues, and we are ready to go. But yeah, that kind of puts a damper on things when you we could be in like the second song by now. (laughs) <laughs> nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh how are you, Danny? We we should do where it's a Saturday night. Um, mm-hmm. you said you've been doing some manual labor this week. I have. Um, I have. I've. I have. I have not. But I did do about five hours of driving and stayed in a hotel last night because I was worried COVID wasn't going to come to me. So I thought I would seek it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been a been a little bit of a couple of days um Mm -hmm. how are you doing mentally and physically
0: um mentally i'm okay i've been i've been uh staying off of social media a lot more because you know (laughs) election stuff
1: lies this um that sentence is flagged as probably containing (laughs) inaccurate statements
0: i have been just because okay are we going to talk about the end of Blink One Hundred and Fifty Five? Because yesterday was a very emotional day for me. I just want to talk about
1: your your long ass like yearbook uh, inscriptor inscripture of a uh, Facebook post and Twitter post.
0: Uh, all I did was I typed that in notes and then pasted it, so I didn't spend that much time on social media.
1: And then you um,
0: both like liked and
1: responded to my comments <laughs> on those posts. <laughs> <laughs> did you have those oh. written in notes as well? And then you just copied and pasted those.
0: <laughs> I did. I did. I just have a, a script going all day that responds to things for me.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, why have you been staying off social media?
0: Cause of the election. Oh, cause it's
1: stressful. Yeah. That it has been. Um, yeah, but I'm, Especially for you, um, I mean, it, it's nice that it was probably the right decision for you to stay off social media. I mean, it, it probably impacts you a little bit more having, having a family, having a couple kids, and you have to think about the, the world that they are going to kind of grow up in and what their childhood, mm-hmm. you know, might be like. And um, so you stopped yourself at just one stop at the vote retweet, which I thought was showed a lot of restraint on your part or stop the count. I'm sorry. Um, like I know it's been on your mind this whole time and you, you asked me if, you know, if you drove across country, would I come the rest of the way with you to Pennsylvania? And it's like, I I just don't have the time, but I I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree. This was a a stressful week. (laughs) Oh, shut up. Oh, God, I would love nothing more. No, actually on on that note of shut up. So this is our 11th episode, I believe. Uh, is and it? I th- I think so because you have given I, me Wilco My says
0: 009.
1: Well, hold on, hold on. Wilco Waxwing Propagandi Empire Empire Oh wait, is that it? And Touche And Touche, okay, no, you're right, you're right, it is nine. Well, okay, then it only took nine episodes for what I'm about to say, but um, having listening to them back, and this is still before we've released any, I'm starting to realize that, if nothing else, this podcast has has helped me experience myself from the perspective (laughs) of others, Mm-hmm. And realize how annoying I come across <laughs> to everybody. And so, at least that can maybe do some good. Nobody else potentially will listen to this podcast, or if they do, mm-hmm. they won't enjoy it. I mean, I hope that's not the case, but you know, I'm not going to bank on um, being able to quit my job for this yet. <laughs> um, but maybe it's going to help me go, you know what? I just need to just need to shut up, like you said. <laughs> so it, it's it's helping with a little of the self-awareness, I think. How has it been yeah. like listening, and you edit yourself too, so that's even probably tougher, because you gotta listen to everything multiple times. How has that
0: been for you? Uh, I mean, not too bad. I got, you know, there's always the, the thing where you're having to get used to your own voice, because it sounds different than it does in your head, but you no, know, it's been fine. I'm enjoying listening, which is good, right? It's entertaining to me at least. I like listening to my own creations or whatever like I love listening to my own bands. I know people are like, oh I don't I don't ever listen to my own music or I don't ever watch my movies or whatever but I, I don't know.
1: I never watch my movies
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm making music that I like and I'm making a podcast that is interesting to me so. Of course, I'm going to listen to it. It has been, it has been enjoyable to listen to I
1: will say, and this is, we are not deep enough into like this podcast to get this self indulgent, but <laughs> it has been enjoyable. And there's been, uh, this is really really bad. And again, it illuminates just like how terrible I am in so many aspects. (laughs) But like last night, I'm lying in this hotel, like going to sleep, but listening to our, to the Empire episode. And I made myself laugh out loud.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And that is just the worst, (laughs) the worst possible thing, like. It uh, like even in the moment last night, I was like, "Oh, this feels gross. Like it's <laughs> it's like podcast masturbation. Like it yeah, was just yeah, yeah. it's not okay, but it happened, and <laughs> I can't deny it." But yeah, it's like it's like, oh man, Danny and I are really having sort of an interesting conversation.
0: Yeah, we're great. We're so smart. Nope, I didn't say that. Nope.
1: Okay. Well. So on that note, let's just go ahead and make a just a real piece of shit episode. Let's do it.
0: It's late for for two people in their thirties. Me almost 40s you You're drinking coffee. I've got a Pepsi. Yeah. Are you? You're
1: typically not a late caffeine guy. I'm assuming.
0: Caffeine has no effect on me whatsoever.
1: Oh, a tough guy.
0: Yeah, super tough. But no, I don't. I. I don't usually drink soda this this late anymore.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's more of a um, mental vice, like, or maybe a little bit of an oral fixation type of thing where I like having a coffee, even if I'm not feeling energized by it. Sometimes I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. if you just drank a glass of water, you would probably have more energy. <laughs> um, but that's not, as, that's not as fulfilling. You know, it doesn't scratch that itch of, I mean, I got to drink something that chemically changes me and <laughs> like caffeine is kind of all I got left. So it's yeah. just, it's what
0: I've committed to. Yeah. And water is not going to do do you any good for those Skyrim sessions.
1: No, it's not. I just, I mean, because what I'll do, it's like, oh, I have to pee. Okay. Five more quests. And then it's like <laughs> an hour and a half later and like my stomach hurts because I have to pee so bad. So you just
0: set your shit up in your bathroom.
1: have like a 60 inch tv so i don't know that that's gonna yeah set your shit up in your bathroom just it's just like 13 inches from my face all right you want to talk about music my friend (laughs) yeah let's let's do this let's just touch on the band here for a second oh okay yeah right we always do that huh i don't know we don't really have much of a a structure or a plan here but um okay the timing so, the structure
0: did you hear he fucked her
1: oh yeah i was like i was like i know i've just heard that but i don't think it's a Touche amore line but yeah i got i got it okay so Touche amore this was a band that i don't think i had ever heard of until you talked about them two episodes ago mm-hmm. um the first thing you told me about them was that well two things They were from LA, Mm -hmm. and you knew I wouldn't like that, which I don't, and I'm not sure they do either. And (laughs) the second thing you told me was they're a hardcore band, kind of. Yes. So before we hop into the music, what is a hardcore band? This is so. Did you ever listen to that uh, Jay Z interview on NPR with Terry Gross?
0: No, but I would absolutely love to. That sounds amazing.
1: It's really good, but there's like a couple parts where it's just like, "Hoof." She asks him why rappers always grab their crotch. Oh my
0: god!
1: <laughs> and now oh my god. he his answer is so good, um, <laughs> and it's actually interesting. But he he's he's doing his best with what's could be taken as a ignorant or silly question. But yeah, he ends yeah. up saying that for for rap, it's like demos and EPs first. That's what leads. And then if those catch on, then they will do live stuff. Whereas, yeah. you know, if you're in a rock band, you're probably playing live. And then if anybody likes you, You'll get some studio time. So it's it's reversed, right? And so the live chops kind of comes second if you're a rapper. And so what he said is like when when people aren't comfortable, they feel naked and they like hide their like privates, basically, is what he said. And he said, (laughs) So that was it's kind of a reaction to feeling like you're bearing it all up there. And I mean, I don't think he was bullshitting her. Like it sounded very like well thought out and genuine. And certainly mm-hmm. yeah, I'd never thought of that before. But yeah. anyway, all of that to say, I, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna ask you a very Terry Gross type of question. <laughs> what to you defines a hardcore band and why did you describe Touche Amore as kind of a hardcore band?
0: Because they started out as more of a hardcore band and now they still have a lot of those elements like jeremy still kind of sings in the same way or does his his yelling screaming whatever in the same way as he always did but the guitars especially on the newer stuff not necessarily what anyone would define as a hardcore sound there's not a lot of distortion and there's a lot of clean tone stuff. And I mean, you know, depending on which hardcore band you're talking about, there, there could be some of that, but the, I'd say the, the main definition of like a hardcore band is loud, fast, short songs, lots of distortion, lots of screaming and yelling. That's kind of how they started. Um, I gave you one older song. I'm not really sure I had a hard time with this playlist. It's kind of going back and forth. I feel like I always have a hard time with the playlist Yeah, so they kind of started out as more of a hardcore band, and they have grown a lot in a lot of ways. And while they still maintain some of that stuff, I don't know that I'd really call them a hardcore band anymore. They're just kind of a hard rock band or something. But I don't know. Saying hard rock comes with its own sort of baggage, you know?
1: Yeah, hard rock. I don't know if there is hard rock anymore like is there new hard rock I mean I guess there must be but like to me I think yeah. of like hard rock is almost dad rock at this point yeah like I think of like kind of like butt rock type of radio <laughs> you know what I mean
0: sure 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 yeah I don't. Know. I feel like there's still hard rock out there It just
1: do you listen to any of it, of
0: it listen to no probably not
1: yeah I mean like, I don't know I listen if to a lot listened. of
0: like metal and like stoner metal and stuff which kind of falls into that but as far as like you know you you say hard rock and i think like nickelback or like chevelle right right like um that's what comes to
1: mind agreed that was the same the same kind of stuff i was thinking of and and i don't know if there's new like new bands with that
0: sound i mean i'm sure there is but it probably is. It's just neither of us work in a record store anymore. So we're, (laughs) yeah. And The new music that I, I pay attention to is not usually hard rock. So. Right. Except for Chevelle. Except for Chevelle. I, I was thinking
1: about, again, this is only episode nine, so maybe we should stick to a formula and see if it works before we start venturing off. But I was thinking about like how we could do maybe like, Special or different episodes, and one of them being like a, we can do like a guilty pleasures episode where it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like the same band, but like I can give you like five songs like I kind of like, but I kind of know are like really embarrassing, and like a Chevelle mm-hmm. song like could certainly fit on a playlist like that. But like, yeah, like anyway, okay. Curious. You Um, I I appreciate that answer. You you kind of said a couple things that. I definitely have in my notes and want to hit on later as far as their sound and what I thought of as hardcore. Okay. Um, which is, is kind of how this this first song starts, actually. So let's get into this first song. It's a real, real fun listen. I think, uh, did him and Keith Latin in from Empire Empire share a dog, Danny? <laughs> this is not about a dog. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know actually. Um, but <laughs> but okay, before we delve into some some sad song content, um, some some kind of happier thoughts did prevail for me the past couple days. It, it looked like this election was going to go a certain way, And while, it obviously doesn't mean, Everything about this country is fixed, far from it, when, you know, still pretty much 49% of the country wanted things to stay just as uh, racist and terrible. Um, but maybe, maybe there can be some some positive taken from this, of course. And I was thinking that, okay, what do I want this next four, maybe this next eight years of my life to be like? Um, you know, what can I do to make things better? How can I make my life better? And I'm, so like, I'm, I'm pretty, cl- I'm in my early thirties right now, but pretty close to mid and I'm as single and as childless as one can be. And, and those are things that I would, would like to rectify at some point. And as maybe silly as it sounds, I would feel more comfortable doing that. i um, not under a Donald Trump presidency and, um, when the election started going the, you know the way it seems like it's going to go, I started getting some happier thoughts and it sounds like maybe my my dream wedding um, is actually possible. and I've, I don't think I've ever actually told this to anybody, Danny, so you you and our <laughs> listeners are going to be in on this secret. As cheesy as it is, I want to have a, a very small wedding. You will be there, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Amanda and the kids can stay home. So, okay. we're gonna be at this beautiful beach wedding, and there's just three things that I'm gonna tell my wife to be that I need flower, sand, you. I'd just like to take this moment to uh, address the five songs or less listening audience. I've made some really bad decisions over the past minute and a half, and I'm sorry that you had to be the victims of that. I said some things that were neither sensical nor funny, and a, a perverse need to create a story and a pun when intro introing a song title made me do some things that I regret. And I just hope you guys can forgive me, and I promise I'll do it no more than four more times this episode. (laughs) So, Danny, the song Flowers in You by Touche Amore. This song does not start in a way that I would describe as hardcore. Correct. Uh, It's very (laughs) jangly pretty clean guitar it it, honestly it could with the like there's like just some hi-hat going on and it sounds like it could be the beginning of like a Tom Jones song you know like it could be anything (laughs) it could be anything before the singing comes in um and then the singing comes in and it is like that is no doubt a hardcore element but it it kind of not tricks you but you know, it, it kinda of pulls a fast one on you a little bit. Did you did you put this at the beginning to kind of mess with me like that?
0: <laughs> no, no. I did I didn't do that. Um, it's just it's a great first song. Like they I think this is what they open their sets with now. Um, although they just came out with a new album like a few weeks ago, a month ago or something. So maybe that'll change up. But it's a great opening song. It's the, the opener of the album. And I love the guitar tone at the beginning, along with the hi-hat stuff that's going on. And yeah, I just thought it'd be a, a good opener.
1: It was. And it's it's by far the longest song mm-hmm. on this playlist. It's almost three and a half minutes. And yeah. I, I didn't look at the song lengths before I delved in. You kind of put the only like normal song length song um <laughs> to open this and it was weird because I liked that this was this felt like a full song. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is this is just me probably not listening to well definitely not listening to a lot of hardcore so I'm not used to you know minute 20 second songs. Yeah, um, yeah. that this was kind of the only one that had you know had a couple verses had like a, an intro like a, a lot of the other songs just like they're like fucking no time to waste let's get into it <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah um but uh w- one thing that i i really liked right away was he 95 percent of the time he scream sings mm-hmm. but it, it's still singing it's not
0: monotone he, yeah because you can understand him most of the time
1: yeah, yeah, I would say all the time. You, Yeah, you, the lyrics are um, hearable. Decipherable? Yes, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to decipher. There's more melody in his singing than in a lot of singing of this style because mm-hmm. I, I feel like the... I mean, the guitar is good, like you said. The tone's really good, but it's not. Again, it's not what I would have thought of as hardcore. In fact, like if you think of like a couple episodes back, Propagandi's Night Letters. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that correct to say that's kind of more hardcore
0: musically? Yeah, yeah. That one and uh, Back to the Motor League. You're you're definitely pushing into hardcore, metallic hardcore kind of. Yeah.
1: Stuff. Okay. And so this music isn't like that. It's it's a little more in in the background and his voice is doing a lot of the like melodic work of this song and and I really like that. And so th- that mm. kind of put me at ease almost right away cuz for someone who doesn't listen to hardcore when you say hey you're going to listen to hardcore I just think oh I'm going to be screamed at but <laughs> it doesn't feel like that because yeah, the, yeah it's still very musical. So that was all that was all good and that allowed me to kind of soak up the lyrics. And it became pretty apparent, probably on my, my, more so on my second and third listen throughs. Um, It took me a little bit just to kind of like get an idea of what the songs were like. And then, yeah, probably about the third listen through, I started paying more attention to the lyrics because, you know, a few lines here or there, a few words would stick out, but like, I wouldn't really be grasping the entire context of the songs. And then I was paying more attention to it. And holy crap, this song, man. Um, you said maybe towards the end of the third eye blind episode that you were going to cry um, <laughs> during this episode. And no, I was that was, like, that was uh, via text oh, sorry, i'm I'm outing your texts, but uh, <laughs> i I didn't I didn't really know what that meant, or you know why. You know why this episode would make you cry, and then like yeah, getting into some of the lyrical content, it's like oof. Um, whether it's about like this song, his mother, according to Genius, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, this song's about his his mom dying of cancer, and well, more specifically, him not processing or handling it well in the moment. Yes. Kind of, I guess he he wasn't present. Um, yes. Maybe
0: you know mentally or physically yeah so this album that flowers in you is on stage four the entire album is um about his mom having cancer dying of cancer all of the stuff that goes along with that and both my parents are still alive grandma died but or both of my grandmas died but i don't know it just didn't hit me the way that i feel like when other people close to me pass away or is going to hit me, but hearing his lyrics and the way he plays with words and uses different ways of describing things. Just every time I listen to this album, certain songs are just hard for me to get through without like starting to tear up or just get kind of like, you know, different kind of breathing or whatever. Part of this is because since I've had had children, I've become a fucking softie and I'm like crying at movies all the time and stuff now, um, which is fine. Like being in tune with your emotions and being emotional, normal part of life. But yeah, the, just this song in particular, when I was listening to this song and taking notes on it and, you know, kind of revisiting it. Yeah. I was just like, fuck, I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this episode. (laughs) well we can certainly stop
1: (laughs) don't hey don't let me don't let me you know pull you down um i'm i'm glad you because i i I wanted to kind of get to that territory as well because Mm -hmm. this song made me feel a couple ways because i obviously never want to deal with what he dealt with Mm -hmm. you know whether it's my mom or dad or anyone who I'm close to. Mm-hmm. And so, so I don't want to be able to relate to this song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's and the thing. W- I can't, I can't relate to it, right. but hearing the words and listening to the words, I can empathize with it. And totally. boy, does it make me sad?
1: <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in a couple different ways, I mean, it's very, very, he like lays it all bare in a way that you cannot help. But, relate to and sometimes it's like very like on the surface like just describing you know in the course when he says i i apologize for the grief when you'd refuse to eat i didn't mm-hmm. know just what to say while watching you that's just describing exactly what happened but then the the line that always gets me is i took inventory of what i took for granted and i ended up with more than i imagined that's, mm-hmm. that to me is like, yeah. so, I mean, that just cuts to the core because he's, he couldn't do it in the moment, but he's now realizing it's not, it's not good. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm finally there and I'm over it, but he's kind of seen where he, he messed up and it sucks because it's too late to, you, you know, you can't go back. You can't apologize. You can't say, hey, I, I get it now to your mm-hmm. mom at that point. Yeah, but it's a little bit of a victory. Is totally not the right word, but it, it's it's a little bit of a victory that okay, I didn't get there in the moment, but I got there now, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. Yeah, because what I was gonna say is that I I hope I can never like directly relate to this song, but part of me hopes. That inevitably when something like this happens in my life, I hope I can in some way because I often worry that I'm not going to feel what I'm supposed to feel when somebody close to me dies. Sure. And that really scares me. Mm -hmm. Does does that make any sense?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's something that you don't know how you're going to react or how you're going to deal with it when it actually happens you can never really prepare yourself
1: yeah like i worry that i should like he feels regret in this song Mm -hmm. and i worry that i should and i won't or or i just won't like i'll just shut down and not feel anything you know like i don't want to be at i don't even want to like speak in specifics here but i don't want to be at a funeral and be like stone-faced Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I don't want to be the stoic person at the funeral. Like, Yeah. but, but that's what I worry mm-hmm. um, is going to happen. Like I, I worry, like I won't be able to like get in touch with that grief. Yeah. I don't know. So, so it, it was, this song was interesting to me because you don't want to feel like you missed an opportunity to, you know, spend some final moments with a loved one in a, I don't know, a quote, healthy, hmm grieving type of way, but I also, I, I want to be absolutely decimated (laughs) if anything like this ever happens to me. Sure. Yes. Because if I'm not, then I'm, then all of the times I worried I was a sociopath are like confirmed. (laughs) Officially confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's only like a 9% joke.
0: So yeah. So, uh, good song. Yeah. (laughs) It is a great song. Some other kind of another standout line for me, kind of like I said earlier, how he he plays with different wordings for things. So he's got um, with a levy set for my heavy eyes mm-hmm. instead of saying just like, you know, holding back tears or something like that. And right. Yeah, I just I really love that. And then kind of on the bridge part of the song, he's talking about this is just a simple conversation about nothing much at all but it couldn't keep me in the room. I just kept walking down the hall. And then at the end of it, he says, no matter what the context, I won't have that time again. And then like real quietly, mm-hmm. it says, and I'll live with that. Just like, yeah, kind of like what you were talking about too. in the line that you pointed out where he has these regrets, he regrets doing that kind of stuff. And he just has to live with it. You know, he can regret it, but it, it it's something that you just have to live with. And not let it kind of like overtake you or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, so you, so when he says,
1: and I'll live with that, you're taking that as, and I I will live on. Like I will, the, the yeah. connotation is I will like stand up and, and like kind of get through it. Yeah. And not, not I'll, and I'll live with that forever. Yeah.
0: It can definitely be interpreted that way too. And I feel like that's the way I, I kind of originally interpreted it but because he doesn't say and I'll have to live with that he says I'll live with that hmm. it has a different feel to me or a different context maybe
1: god that's that's good i had not thought of that i had not thought of that kind of positive outlook to it
0: yeah because he's he's not he's saying i won't have that time again he understands that you know he basically fucked up by not sitting and having simple conversation with with his mom or, or whatever, and he says, "And I'll live with that because he because he has to live with that and and move on." Mm-hmm. And it's not if it if it was I have to live with that, then it would feel totally different to me. Hmm. I I like that
1: interpretation. I at least for right now, I think I'm going to when I listen to it. I'm going to think of it as, and I am like cursed to think about this for the rest of my days type of, type of interpretation. But the, the kind of like the duality of the way I'm taking this song, like what you just described about that, that quiet and I'll live with that line is that this can also be about acceptance and growth. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then just the sad thing is, is yeah, you don't get, you don't get a redo. It's like, I, I've accepted this. I've grown from it. I'm a better person. So the next time my mom dies, I'm going to be better. <laughs> like that's the shitty tragedy, yeah. obviously of it.
0: But yeah, I think it's a great, great interpretation. Did you, when you worked at the record store, did you work with Tara Lopez? That sounds familiar. She's a musician and she did, um... Sister Cran, and is now doing rituals of mine. she you might have not been there, um or she might have been gone by the time you start working there. but there is a girl I'm thinking of that
1: was a like shift manager for a few months when I got there. Mm-hmm. I remember I think like on my like first or second day, she was the the manager. And someone there told me about like taking a 15. Mm-hmm. He, This guy was like, yeah, you should go, you know, you should go take your 15. So I said, okay. And then Tara like comes to me, like when I'm back and she's like, you can't just fucking disappear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh I, I, okay. I, I'm sorry. I just felt so stupid. But yeah,
0: I remember her. Okay. Okay. She was great. She's super nice. Um, Well, except for that one experience with you. (laughs) Ah, It seemed like it was my fault. Yeah. So after this album came out, she posted about it on Instagram, which I thought was interesting because it doesn't seem like a band that she would have necessarily been into. Um, You know, she was really into Bjork and the music she makes is like a kind of trip hop, whatever. But I've never really known her to, to... be into like a hardcore band or semi-hardcore band, but whatever. So she, she posted about this and she posted the line you actually pointed out. Um, I took inventory of what I took for granted and ended up with more than I can imagine. And this album came out about a year after her, her father passed away. And, um, she just posted about it. And I thought it was interesting that this song in particular, the way it's written I don't know. It has a lot of reach for being a quote unquote hardcore song or a quote unquote hardcore band. It has reach to people that are maybe outside of that world, but understand that feeling. And and she talks about um, wanting to, she had been um, kind of struggling with the idea of maybe doing an album about uh, her dealing with her dad and stuff. And that was kind of an inspiration to see Touche Amore do a full album about his mom passing away. And so I don't know if she's since gone and done that or not, but she, it was basically like a, thank you so much for this. This is a great song and it's really inspiring and that kind of thing. So yeah, I just thought that was really interesting that, that a band like this can write this, write a song and it can say so much to someone who's maybe outside of that world.
1: Yeah, no, that, that is very, very cool. And they are, like you said, they, they have a lot of reach. They, they seem very, accessible to to people who would not describe themselves as hardcore. Like I had no, there was no problem with me. Like I didn't have to like get used to them mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. It was just like immediately I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get what this is and I dig it. The only thing that people would, you know, maybe be turned off by is the screaming, but that's not solely a hardcore thing that happens in a lot yeah. of, yeah. you know, music. And so there really isn't as much of a barrier into this band or at least maybe th- these songs as as you might imagine with, um, you know, something called Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, h- hell of an opener. It kind of showed me everything that they're about and they can do um, in one song. Um, without this song, I might not know that they would ever take the time to write a bridge or a second <laughs> verse. So I, I know they they can. And that, And again, I just this is such a simple thing but it's like oh yeah he he actually varies his screaming which <laughs> um seems like a very like simple obvious thing but it i think it kind of makes all the difference in the world between that and and some screaming that's just barking
0: yeah know? yeah yeah it's a great song and i made it through without uh shedding a tear so you know we're good <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is good. Do you have songs or bands or albums that you like, but you will avoid because you're like, I don't want to access that emotion right now or it's, yes. you know, it's going to make me
0: feel more than I would like to? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, one or possibly two of them are are on the list of bands I'd like to talk about, but I also don't know. Like one in particular kind of like spitting the last mm. time I tried listening to him, it, older songs anyway, he recently, uh, Ben Barnett came out with uh, another album, and I th- think it was under the kind of like spitting moniker. But it just, it, it hearing a lot of those songs just reminds me of a time in my life where I don't want to think about. Oh, but I also yeah. really like the songs, and I feel like you might be into it too. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we ever get there. <laughs> Oh, that could
1: be a really interesting episode. Um, m- maybe we would save it for for that. But is it because you like don't like who you were back then, and
0: so you don't want to think about that part of your life? Or yeah, I don't or- like who I necessarily was, and I was in a pretty shitty relationship. I also worked with this guy named Dante at that time. Ooh,
1: yeah, I unfortunately know both of the people who made your life not great. (laughs) I was one of them. So that, yes, that's an obvious one, but, oh, wow. Okay. Well, huh.
0: So yeah, we'll see if we get there. We'll see if history reshits itself.
1: Well done. Uh, thank you, because I I didn't have anything for that. That worked. I was out. like his his story, like re- I like I literally looked <laughs> up like books. I looked up book then in quotes res, mm-hmm. to be to like see if they like his story res, hits itself. But like I don't even know what like how I would make a sentence out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, awesome. We well did. done. History reshits itself. This song I think is maybe more indicative of what the greater portion of their catalog is like. Shorter songs that kick right in.
0: Yeah. For the for the most part, the last two albums they've they've really branched out into having songs that are a little longer. You know, they still have the shorter songs, but having more songs that have a verse chorus verse chorus kind of structure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is one of the older ones off their first album, and so yeah, this was more, more of a leaning toward a hardcore song. But still, this the guitar that opens this
1: song is not—it's not super distorted, mm-hmm. and it has a very—I mean, I, I guess if I maybe looked up the the music or the tabs, like maybe it's just like super simple. But to me, it seems like it's not a. Very obvious or traditional, like chord progression. Is it only four chords? Like, do you know how to play these songs on guitar? I don't
0: know how to play any of them. No. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. the The older stuff, when they were more of a hardcore band, their their songs were a lot more straightforward. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just four, five chords, maybe something like that.
1: But still, it's it's the, the way it kind of like it goes back and forth from like boy again anytime i try to describe what's actually happening in the music <laughs> i'm just i'm just outed as such such a poser who got a bc rich in 8th grade and just learned everything from like like inaccurate guitar tabs online um yeah you, you, you like that i do you like the I bc do. rich yeah <laughs> w- wish it was a lie <laughs> you're setting the scene um, here the warlock, perhaps. Oh, mm. Wh- what's what's the one? It's like it's like a rounded body, but then it has like a big like fucking like droopy dick on the bottom. <laughs> no, th- mi- no, the warlock's the one that's all pointy. The yeah. warlock one is actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Mockingbird, I'm looking at him right now. Oh, I think that was it. Let me see. <laughs> that yeah. one's got a droopy yeah. dick on it. Yeah, I, I had a black Mockingbird. You know what? That kind of actually looks sick now. <laughs> I think I like it better now than I did then. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but what I'm trying to say is like the, the chord progression kind of ebbs and flows between like high to low to high to low in, in this way that, oh God, and everything I say is the same every episode. It
0: creates yeah. a cool atmosphere. It creates like a neat bed for the lyrics to they, go on top of. Like They have a lot more, even back then, Um, with the songs that you know push the minute and a half mark Uh, they have a lot more Mm -hmm. dynamics than a lot of hardcore bands where it's just like chords 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 songs over chords 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 chords, song over you know that kind of thing right Um, so yeah they do have a lot more dynamics where they're doing kind of higher pitch stuff some of the time then they switch to lower pitch and they have I think this song has kind of a it doesn't have a first chorus, first chorus or anything, but it has a little more structure than I could have given you. Maybe even the last song that I gave you, there's like a first part and a second part and then it's over basically. Yeah. And and then like a a big
1: finish. And then, and there's a reason they write songs of this length. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying like, they're like, again, this is a choice and this is like, okay, I I only need a minute and a half to, you know, express what I need to express in song form. I do kind of sometimes feel like, oh, that's right. Fuck, the song's over already. Like, <laughs> you almost feel like you're just getting into it. You're like, boy, I would really like if that verse course came around again. But like, no, that's all, that's all you get. And it's like, <laughs> are you making like some statement about like us needing like songs to like repeat, you know, like is this, um... <laughs> you only get it once and you'll like it. It's like, it's like no, just like if they just copied and pasted the same hour, uh, minute and a half again, like that would be like a, a f- complete song. And so one of my challenges of this playlist was I'm listening to a song and I'm like, is this still the same song or is this a new song? Because like, you know, like if, if they, if, you know, one flows right into the other, you could very easily kind of get lost of where you're at. It's hard to play a part of these songs (laughs) because I'm going to accidentally play the whole thing. But real quick. (laughs) So that part of the song... Mm -hmm. you only get it once. You only get these closets have been closed for too long. You only get it the one time. And I would have loved for that to been like a, like a refrain that goes like, you know, four times or something. Uh It kicks into this, like, like, I love that simple drum beat of bum, bum, pop, bum, 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 bum. It just like, that is so like hypnotic to me. Yeah. Um, And it, (laughs) this might be an offensive uh, comparison, but it very much sounded like kind of like a more poppy, like under oath song, Mm -hmm. that part where it's like a little quiet and there's like the swelling on the cymbals. And then his voice isn't like full, like scream. It's like a little more singy. It's, it's a little cleaner. And, and it was like, Oh, this is like a big, like pop under oath course, but it just gives you a little taste (laughs) And then (laughs) takes it away. I really, really like that part, and I really like that line. At first, it was, because he says skeletons a little earlier in the song, and when he first says it, it's like, oh, that's a little on the nose. And then when it comes in again, it's like, no, this is really good. (laughs) I don't like. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that it's it's one of those lines that like is kind of used in like normal American speech Mm -hmm. that like if you put it like directly into a song could sound corny, but it it, it doesn't
0: in, in this context. Yeah. So so two things. One, just like in the Empire Empire, sad Empire Empire song about the dog dying. There's another singer on this. Did you know that? Oh, I know you're your boy. It's my boy. I have that in my notes. My boy Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Rickley from Thursday comes in on the end of the song. I I don't know. I almost want to call that part the bridge, but it's not like a bridge. But it's a it's a bridge to the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing on the
1: other side. <laughs> it's like a bridge to nowhere. Ooh.
0: Sounds like a... Huh? Sarah Palin? Hmm. Politics. Oh, I did not Is that something she said? Oh, dude,
1: this... Is, we're talking like 2007 or some shit. It was like... It turned out being like a, a bridge to nowhere. Like, it was just like this bridge that was never going to happen. And so it was like, where was the money going or something? I don't know. Why would I know this? I just wanted to say Sarah Palin. I don't... I don't know.
0: Just, I didn't realize you had such a crush on Sarah Palin. Um, there's no reason I have to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So yeah, Jeff Rickley of The Man Thursday, he put out this album, To the Beat of a Dead Horse is the album title, on his record label funded by Martin Scarelli. Is that that dude's
1: name? Oh, yeah. The like terrible piece of shit that like bought, bought the, uh, the like HIV drug. Yep, yep.
0: Yeah. So, you know,
1: that dude. Just on on your Mount Rushmore of, like, role models? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Him in his
0: brand new shirt. (laughs) Oh, God, I know. Anyway, uh, Jeff put out the album. He might have produced it, too. So anyway, that's how I found out about Touche, is because of Jeff Rickley. The second thing, which I never knew what this song was about, but thanks to... Uh, website that's uh, sponsoring all of our episodes, apparently, Genius.com. It's about gay marriage and like Prop 8 and that kind of stuff because that's when this was written. Is it, I When that was a thing. When gay marriage was a thing? <laughs> when gay marriage was a thing. No, when Prop 8 was a thing.
1: I, you know what? I was in LA during the like Prop 8 demonstrations mm-hmm. in 2008. Um, so that connects to our our episode in a couple of ways. I was in LA where Touche Amore from. And um, mm-hmm. I was down there to see Coheed's Never Ender show where they played oh. four nights in a row and played a new album each night. Interesting. Um, and it was like, it started the day after Obama was elected for his first term.
0: Oh, wow. I believe. Okay.
1: It was, I don't know if I have it anymore, but I, I had a poster from that show that had... Like a donkey and an elephant on it because it was mm-hmm. so close to election day. Yeah, yeah. And when we drove around and we honked our horns to cheer on the Prop Eight protests. Hmm. Interesting. I, cool. I had to stop and think. I was like, Prop Eight was that was that good or bad? It was bad. <laughs> that okay. It was, one was bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Who are we honking for here? But yeah. <laughs> Did so. So I saw that on Genius as well. If that's the case, this is not as the, the lyrics aren't as like blatant mm-hmm. um, as in other songs, because th- this song could, again, you can kind of make it about anything. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> a- any piece of shit, <laughs> that any piece like, of history shit
0: with. that could repeat itself. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it, um, it puts a whole new spin on the, that last part, the closets have been closed too long. There's no more room for skeletons. You know, people being in the closet. Prop 8 supporters shoving people in the closet and basically pushing their skeletons of dead bodies into a closet. That kind of thing.
1: So I'm confused and stupid because when I was first listening to this song without seeing what it said on, on Genius, it sounded to me like he was singing to like whomever the perpetrator was Mm -hmm. like there's no more room for your skeletons like so Mm -hmm. if genius is correct it's you know the the backers the funders the politicians behind prop eight right yeah there's no more room for their skeletons but when i think of skeletons i'm thinking of like the shameful things that you don't want the world to know right yeah but that's that it doesn't sound like that's what you were saying You think it means? I
0: think that's part of it. I feel like it has kind of a double or even triple. It could have a double or triple type meaning where, yeah, it is kind of that thing, the skeletons in the closet, the things you don't want to talk about. Then, you know, people being in the closet, gay people being in the closet, uh, that kind of thing. And also Prop 8, um, making it harder for people to be out and open. And you know, shoving them back into the closet, basically. Right. People are in the closet and not being able to have the same kind of rights that cis people have. Then there's much more of a chance that they'll wind up dead, either by a bigot or by their own hand. I've never,
1: I've never in my life thought so much about lyrics until you.
0: You're welcome
1: weekly homework assignment on me. Um, so I try to come up with an so,
0: instrumental band for you one of these days.
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm letting you off too easy. <laughs> um, though I, I will say when I saw, like when I realized how short all these songs were, I started feel, feeling guilty for the playlist I sent you for <laughs> God is an Astronaut. No, no. Because this thing is like a total of what, like seven minutes? maybe
0: me, the, the apple music says 10 minutes but that it kind of rounds up or down depending on how many seconds there is but yeah 10 minute playlist
1: 10 minute okay for 5 songs mm-hmm. and the one i gave you has to be approaching
0: half hour let me see
1: if that's the case you're just having 3 times more fun than i am 27 minutes 27 minutes okay yeah. so yeah you you're you're putting in some time this week <laughs> it's all right I don't know. M- music is hard. <laughs> We're probably overanalyzing this shit too. That's def- the fact that I'm reading the lyrics means I'm overanalyzing.
0: <laughs> is
1: there anything else uh, about this song you want to talk about? Mm,
0: no, no, not really. It's
1: it's good. Did you like it? I did. I did like it. Um, that that last part, the like from like a, a minute on like that last 30 seconds or whatever it is was like one of my like first favorite parts. Like I, that part would start and I'd be like, Oh, I know what song this is now because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, you know, it, it, again, it was just like something to chew on a little bit. Like the horror of Rio vanes was mm-hmm. for empire empire. Sure. Yeah. Um, no screaming Muppets in, <laughs> in this band, unfortunately. Um, Maybe we can get to the next song and not analyze as much um, because I feel like we read these lyrics and we were analyzing them like we were going to recite them in a scene like maybe (laughs) my favorite Academy Award winning actress, Swinton, comma, Tilda. (laughs)
0: Woo! Woo, stupid! I was wondering how you were going to do that one. If you were going to do that one. (laughs) Uh,
1: I wanted to go for it. That was good. So actually, we we are going to um, analyze these lyrics because my first note of this song was, I might actually care about the meaning of this song. Oh. Not to diminish the other song meanings, like... Mm -hmm. But um, this was the first one that I was, like, forced to reckon with. Okay. And the more I kind of got into the lyrics and the meaning of the song, the more I feel like I might have been wrong about what it's about and the perspective from which he's coming. But, you know, even if that's the case, I'm going to kind of still listen to it through my own sure, <laughs> lens. Sure, yeah, yeah, of um, and Just, oh, I'm going to reappropriate this for my benefit. <laughs> early on the song it it sounds like he is kind of like really giving himself a lashing like he mm-hmm. he's he's fucked up he can't be trusted he I mean the very first line is i'm parting the sea between brightness and me and the way i interpreted that was i am taking everything that's good and like moving it away from myself. So I just knocked off a water bottle cap because I was (laughs) gesturing so excitedly. But yeah, so everything that's good is here and I belong separate from it. Like I don't deserve nice things is kind of how I took that. Okay. And I know like now, like I kind of think that this is all incorrect. But then he says, I got my hands behind my back uh, with two fingers overlapped because I can never keep my word. And so I kind of took that a few different ways and it, it kind of changed the more I listened to it. But at first when he said I got my hands behind my back, I almost thought of it as like a a a prisoner like walking up to the gallows or like I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago walking the plank. Like, (laughs) like kind of like going knowingly to their end and maybe even deservedly so, you know, like if they're a guilty prisoner. Yeah. Um, Five Songs or Less does not uh, support capital punishment, though. I don't mean to say that. (laughs) And so so that was like when I heard those lyrics and I took them to mean what I just explained, that kind of. Tilted the song a certain way for me. And um, maybe I'm kind of outing myself as <laughs> dabbling in some self hate from time to time. But so then everything after that, I was viewing through the same lens, only afterwards kind of realizing I may need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, so, so what do you think of that like initial interpretation?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely definitely a a valid reading on it for sure. Um, a lot of his songs, like I just kind of, as a, as I've gotten older, I have not, I just got your text. (laughs) Did you like that?
1: I did like that. Danny (laughs) sent me a picture from, is it a, is it a pizza restaurant? It is a
0: pizza restaurant here in Sacramento. Pizza Supreme
1: being. Uh, it is, you see two pizzas um, on some greasy cardboard, um, but they, the pizzas are separated. Or maybe it's one pizza kind of cut. I don't know. It is hard to say. Again, you can interpret art however mm-hmm. you like. Mm-hmm. The caption to this Instagram photo is, I'm parting the sea between pizza supreme. <laughs> Hashtag touche amore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So that does it for that side. <laughs> so um- – the no your your interpretation is 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 totally valid um I as I've gotten older for some reason I just don't read the lyrics as much I, I specifically remember getting the cassette tape of, of dookie um in junior high and sitting there listening to the listening to the tape and reading the lyrics and like pausing it and like okay reading it, okay okay I'm playing it again and doing that for so many albums growing up as I've gotten older I Uh, I just don't do that as much. And I'll only pull out the lyric sheet or look them up online. If I'm like, wait, what does he say right there? Or, or what's that lyric? Like that kind of thing. So I never really thought too much about the meaning of this one. And then, but the, the first line, like you were talking about, I'm parting the sea between brightness and me. To me, it was almost like I'm standing on one shore and the brightness and the goodness is on the other shore. And so I'm parting the seas And pushing all of this shit aside so I can make it over there.
1: Well, that's clearly correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just an idiot. God damn it. It's totally, I mean, every single song we've come up with like different ways to interpret lines. And, you know, it's it's like the quote unquote death of the author thing where you take this piece of art and it it doesn't necessarily become yours, but you have your own interpretation of what this means. No, but that is correct.
1: They're <laughs> like, I, I agree with the the death of the author and people being able to interpret things how they wish or, or how they, they just how they naturally do, like not even how they, you know, they choose to, but I am now realizing that my interpretations are based off, um, incorrect understanding, <laughs> of the English language. <laughs> Do you remember in like eighth grade when in like algebra you would learn foil, like yeah. for the order of mm-hmm. operations? Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at this sentence and I fucked up the order of operations. <laughs> and so I decided that brightness and myself were the things being separated when clearly it is the sea between brightness and myself. <laughs> So he is, he is now forging a path from himself to the brightness. He, a normal, healthy person, well, I, I don't know him, but at least it seems like he wishes to uh, work towards this brightness where one line in, I was like, yep, bro, I hear you. There's no way we're ever getting there. We are separated. There's nothing we can do about it.
0: But maybe he doesn't get there. Maybe you don't get there. Maybe you do separate the sea. And on your journey from one end to the other, one shore to the other, uh, everything comes crashing in. Because, I mean, that line is in the song, too. This song,
1: kind of like Flowers and You, is about, in some ways, growth and and self-improvement. Because, yeah, he says, And I'll walk with my head held high. And when it all comes crashing in... It will be worth it if I'm still breathing. Mm-hmm. He wants to get there, he, and yeah. he's he's willing to like put in the work, put in the effort. Yeah, p- put in the effort. He's not he's not being a lame fatalist, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And and so yeah, so so yeah. I guess I don't like this song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because it's it's a positive song about struggle and about (laughs) maybe mental health struggle, maybe struggle with the, the people or the world he finds himself surrounded by, but his, his inclination is to, I'm going to find, it might seem impossible. I'm going to find a way through this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. And I, again, kind of like with flowers and you, I, I, kind of want this to be the way that my brain works yeah yeah and it, it's it's kind of interesting I'm, I'm trying to look at myself again from that third person perspective where it's like oh no the way my brain works is um just assume it's impossible and like embrace nihilism <laughs> what does the um what does the last stanza mean is that just like is that him saying like i'm powerful and i'm gonna give this everything i've got
0: yeah, I don't know. That one, I really like the last stanza. It's a really powerful ending to the song.
1: It's a very confident, almost like I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, you know, win or lose. Like, I know this is correct, and I'm, again, I'm mm-hmm. going to give it everything I've got. Yeah. It is a cool way to end the song. It To me, when I was first listening to it, and when I was still listening to this um, ignorantly in a way that <laughs> I liked better, This last stanza seemed almost a little removed from the rest of the song. Mm -hmm. But that, again, is probably just a lack of complete understanding
0: of the meaning. (laughs) No, I I don't know. I kind of agree with that, Uh, especially looking at it now and kind of looking through the lyrics and kind of parsing them out or whatever. Yeah, it seems... I don't know if it's out of place necessarily, but I'd like to know what his thoughts are on that like what he what is what he was trying to get get across oh let's get him on the line yep yep did you watch any live footage of them
1: i let's see i did well you sent me was it kerrang yeah the the k
0: pit thingy that they the pit
1: yeah 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 but okay so i think i confused myself because i looked at that the the playlist their set list Oh yeah, and it has the wrong song title? Okay, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I looked at the set list that's in the video like description mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I have any of these songs. Yeah. And so it says except the first song that, is
0: condolences.
1: Right. And then you go down to the comments and the first one is Flowers and You and number four is a song we're gonna get to later. Oh. And but in the set li- the set list up top, the fourth song is Justices. Yeah, which you did not give me. No, yeah. Um, so I didn't.
0: Up top is wrong.
1: <laughs> so so I didn't end up watching this because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, Danny, like you, you idiot, you didn't give me any of these songs. <laughs> and this was before like I like even realized that like I didn't like recognize the tilde as the song title. Oh, I just yeah. saw the words in brackets that say this is a track title, <laughs> and I was like, no, there's no brackets in any of the songs. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I didn't end up watching this live, so maybe I should take a moment and and do that now. Or what do you think? Um,
0: yeah, give it give a quick watch. So Dante has officially watched a video of them playing live. I've so I did I did
1: watch uh, another video of them uh, a couple days ago. It was a show from April tenth, twenty nineteen. Oh, in Philadelphia. Hmm. I watched these songs, Flowers and You and Tilda Mm -hmm. were the the two songs from the playlist that they played here. So we we can get into kind of my general thoughts on on them
0: live, but was there anything specific you wanted to? So so my thing with with him live, kind of like you said when you were watching it, he just smiles the whole time. And I absolutely love it like he kind of just has a when he talks um yeah also like you said his voice is fucked up. I think he's kind of ruined his voice from being in bands and stuff. Um Is his yeah, he, speaking voice always like that? Yeah, it's always like it sounds like he's been yelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Cuz he has been. Um, but but yeah, he he just kind of when he talks, he's got a bit of a he just has the way his face muscles work or whatever he kind of smiles or whatever but when he sings uh it just looks like he's smiling and having the greatest time the whole time Mm -hmm. and i just i love it because a lot of times you know you see hardcore bands and they're having fun obviously but like this shit's serious and not that his songs aren't or their songs aren't it just looks like he is doing exactly what he wants to be doing
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's the the exact expression that he needs to have. Yeah. Um I don't mean the expression on his face. I just mean like artistic expression like Yeah, yeah. It, This is like his his outlet and it's exactly what he needs. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Um the video I watched, yeah, that definitely struck me just how how energetic they are, how much like interplay there is between him and the crowd. Oh yeah, that's a that's a hardcore thing. I mean, every other line is, like,
0: inaudibly sung by someone in the front row. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, the first time I saw Thursday uh, in 2001, they played at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco. And I was singing along at the top of my lungs every word. um, And so I was getting a lot of those mic handoffs. Oh, yeah. And it was fucking sick. It was sweet. But... During it was porcelain, during the song Porcelain, he passed the mic over to me as I went to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, uh. and he like recognized it and pulled it away. And it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in a show. Oh, <laughs> uh, so your yawn didn't get on mic? No,
1: I didn't. That's get my good. Yawn that, on I mic. mean, Oh, that is great. Um,
0: um, I'm a, I'm a tired guy. So,
1: so like you and him were building up like this, like rapport. He was like, this is a guy I can trust to hand yeah, the mic yeah, to. And yeah. then you were like, oh, this hardcore's really tuckered me out. <laughs> did he like, did you hold the mic or did he just like shove
0: it in your face? No, it, you pretty much just they just shove it in your face some people like get into it and like grab the mic but i'm not i'm not that kind of person
1: (laughs) he was yeah he was he would never let go of the mic in the video i was watching but you know something i could not stop thinking about was like oh my god like this is a super spreader event like this is not okay just like the crush (laughs) of people and then it's like here I'm gonna hand you something that's been by my mouth. I want you to spit on it for a little bit. Then I'm gonna spit on it for a while. And I'm gonna take it over to this person. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's all I could think about during those parts. Um, Yeah. And like, I is this ever gonna happen again? Yeah. But looks like a real fun show. Yes. They. Okay, so the drummer. Mm -hmm. No wonder this guy is in great shape. Like (laughs) being a drummer in a band like this has got to be exhausting.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: any part of a song that isn't like quadruple time really stands out. Like if they slow it down at all, it's (laughs) it's very noticeable. And another thing that's got to be cool about being in a band like this, there's a lot of cool lead guitar parts, Mm -hmm. um, which to be honest, I wasn't really expecting. Again, I was expecting a lot of just like real fast bar chords, you know, like a lot of drop tuning and stuff. But there's a lot of really cool leads. And if you're in a band like this, you only need like... Okay, I came up with this cool lead. It's a whole song. And you don't have to like come up with, you know, dozens for every album. Like it's yep. it's very like efficient. So I I admire that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You play the you play the root note chords for a little bit, then you play the lead yeah. and then uh, it's done. That yeah, it was great.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I, I totally thought the song was about like maybe his friends being better off without him. Ooh. Um there's that line where he says and I share with the un- undeserved for mm-hmm. some cheap acceptance in return. Yeah. And I thought, like, so, again, making it about me, <laughs> I was thinking about, like, oh, like, my friends, like, deserve better than mm-hmm. me. Right? Yeah. That's the way yeah. I flipped that line in my head. And then I'm, again, going back to <laughs> listening to this podcast and realizing how grating I can be. Um <laughs> But it's like, oh, please, like, please laugh at this stupid joke because I need some acceptance. So that was how I was like kind of twisting, you know, these lyrics for my narrative, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. which I'm still as a white cis male. I'm still going to do that. (laughs) Uh, I'm still going to make it about me. I, I again, like Flowers and You, I want in kind of a perverted way to be more like the the character in the songs even though they're not he's not a hero in the songs especially mm-hmm. flowers and you mm-hmm. but he still kind of comes out better by the song's end he's he comes out better than where he started and that is a very cool perspective to have in in your artwork and in songwriting i think yeah yeah
0: all right the next song we're going to talk about is called Palm Dreams.
1: Okay, so all right. The first thing I want to say about this song, uh, I feel like it confirms my hatred of LA. <laughs> yeah, he's he says in the chorus, "Was it all the palm trees placed where they shouldn't be?" And I interpreted that as, "What a fucking like fake bullshit place we live." <laughs> LA sucks. Now there, now he's like from there, right? It's not like he moved there. Yeah, no, he he's from there. And so I feel like, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're in like the L.A. like hardcore scene or something, that's different than you moved there because you want to go fucking like play, um, like the Sunset Strip or like <laughs> what's that fucking like terrible club that was like um, the, the Viper Room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know different scenes mm-hmm. and I think that's a, where a lot of my LA hate comes from <laughs> but um cuz I was back there during those days <laughs> but yeah so so that was the first thing that stuck out about the song was like okay he's from there and he doesn't even like LA mm-hmm. um in this land of make
0: believe I think I picked this song because of the chorus I don't, I don't know why I picked this song. I picked this song because it's good. That's why I picked this song. One cancer song is not enough. <laughs> so I am a little bummed that I picked two songs off of this album. I, I love the album, front to back. But yeah, two cancer songs, two sad songs on there. I would have replaced this one. I would have definitely kept Flowers in You. This mm-hmm. one, I kind of... Hat on there and was kind of shuffling around, whatever. It's a great song. Toward the end, the what brother, what was it that brought you west? What was it that brought you west? Where I lay my head to rest, like the I don't know, just a lot of this stuff. When you know it's about his mom, and you know he's like looking through his mom's stuff after she passes away, and just like kind of wondering these things about, you know. <clears throat> why'd you move here from where you came from where you were born and all these different kind of questions that you might come up with for your loved ones or your parents or whatever that you may have never asked or thought to ask.
1: Right. Yeah. And it goes back to that regret that he expressed in flowers and you, this made me think about my dad's parents are still alive. Um, they are by the way. Hi grandma and grandpa. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, sorry about all the jack off jokes. Um, but they're like getting up there. My grandpa's in his nineties. Um, grandma's in her late eighties. And so, you know, you just never know, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think about like, how much do I actually know about them? Or do (laughs) I only know, I only know like what they did for me and how we spent time together as a, you know, when I was a child and stuff like that. But I remember just maybe a couple of years ago, I asked them how they met. Mm, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'd never e- even thought about that until I was like 30. And then, and so my mom's mom died in 2012, like three months after I moved from Sacramento.
0: Mm, oh, right, here. right, right. I remember talking about this before.
1: Yeah, really, really, um, inconsiderate timing on her part. <laughs> and I. And like, I feel like I'm now a completely different person mm-hmm. than I was back then. And, and she was someone who was very Im- important to me, really, really cool person. And I kind of want, you know, like, I obviously I wish I could talk to her, but then I also want to talk to my mom about her. Like, but everything that I would think to ask sounds so either corny or just like too, I don't want to say insufferable, but like it. Like I wanna ask my mom things she couldn't things she couldn't possibly answer. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. do you think do you think Nana would be proud of me now? Mm-hmm. Or like, what do you think she would think of this? And I was like, well, she doesn't fucking know. And she would probably <laughs> just say all the things that like I would want to hear. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but so so this song yeah, made me think about Yeah, a- asking asking those questions that you can no longer get answers to and God damn it, Danny.
0: <laughs> so Today, uh, I was out of my parents' <clears throat> house, helping my dad with some stuff. And um, I was telling him about our podcast. And that's when I texted you and I asked what city you lived in, because I didn't know what city you lived in. And so we were talking about that. And we were talking about how my dad spent some time in, in that state you live in with family and stuff and took a few trips out there. And apparently when I was growing inside my mother, my mother's womb, uh, I was there too um and that the the I don't know what what kind of animal it is but a animal skull that I have in uh, my garage out here was he uh, found it out there and so yeah it was just I found out a lot of stuff about like these road trips my dad took um with his aunt I think he said and yeah this is stuff I never knew and because he was like, oh I've told you about the time when we were driving and we got a hole in the gas tank, right? And I was like, What? No, you never told me that. And so he was telling me that story. And these are just things that like you don't necessarily normally think about asking, like, hey dad, have you ever gone on any road trips to you know, when you were twelve years old or whatever, or um shit, like so about about five years ago I just found out that um my grandpa, my dad's dad, actually killed himself when he died. I never met him. Um, he was gone before I was born. But yeah, I never knew that, and I was like, "Shit, Dad! Like, you never told me that." I mean, why would he necessarily? You know? Um, did you never ask as like a kid, like what happened? No, you know, no. To your it's dad? just How like Grandpa died. Oh, gran- Grandpa on my dad's side uh, had passed away before I was born. Like that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like something that like really struck me as like oh shit that's insane and we haven't really like he was like you know if you ever want to talk about it just let me know because i i found out and then later i texted him um saying like whatever i said but i texted him and and then he's like yeah if you want to talk about it let me know and we never did and i don't know now i'm like fuck maybe i should talk to him about it and you know, how, how does he feel about that? Like, cause he was, my sister was born. It was like 1980, I think when that happened. But yeah, I mean, he, he told me a little bit about what happened, but we didn't really talk about, you know, how he feels about it or anything like that. And so how old was your dad at the time? He was in his early twenties. I think maybe oh, wow. mid twenties. Wow. Yeah. He was young the youngest all his siblings are like 5 to 10 years older than him i think was his dad in california yeah yeah they they live in they lived in sacramento just not far from where i live now actually
1: yeah it's crazy like f- from from my perspective it's like how did you never ask like you know what happened to grandpa mm-hmm. but when you grow up with you know whatever Reality, mm-hmm. you just accept it, and you never even think about it. It never occurs to you, and and yeah, not until recently has it occurred to me to ask um, my closest loved ones like anything about their life. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, you're you're not an eight year old going. So, Grandma and Grandpa, tell me about uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, the first time you guys met. Exactly. Like, the,
0: what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We're apparently talking about a hardcore song. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Also, not really a hardcore are, song. <laughs> I was going to say, this, like, strip
1: away the vocals. This is probably the least hardcore song in <clears throat> the yeah. playlist. Yeah. And, like, that, like, on my own mm-hmm. part um, mm-hmm. is, like, that, you know, if you just isolate that, that is nowhere near the vicinity of hardcore. Yeah. Really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, n- nothing like in, in most of these songs, really like not even the guitar is like quote unquote hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really like it. It's kind of challenging my idea of what, yeah, hardcore means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you, you said like they've, they've changed quite a bit. And so uh, on, cause this album's what, 2016, 16. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe their more recent stuff. You said they've kind of lightened up a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I I really like it, um, and I like how the song starts, like this song, and history maybe mm-hmm. kind of start off like you know right from the jump, yeah. um, pr- pretty quickly, and 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 I like that quite a bit. The the, the vocals are very. Um, Like, they they draw you in. I mean, the very first line is a question, and that kind of, like, hooked me right away. Yeah, yeah, You know? He says everything with such urgency, and again, with the the screaming that, you know, ebbs and flows in a very, like, cool, melodic way, like, just is kind of hypnotizing where you want to, like, hear what comes next. Okay. Let me just put my hands together. (laughs) I pray that... Like other episodes I have listened to, it ends up being more listenable <laughs> as a finished product, thanks to Danny's deft editing, um, and maybe my my tendency to hate myself more in the moment than is deserved. <sighs> Amens. What
0: have I seen other than what the bottom looks like? Stuck somewhere between the globe and the light
1: Yourself putting off everyone while
0: finding comfort in other songs. next next band I give you is gonna be fucking No lyrics about dying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah. My like eight-bit brain can't like <laughs> process this shit. Okay, so this song starts out much like how I interpreted Tilda to mm-hmm. start. Again, he is, in my mind, he is pitting himself at, at the bottom. He is worthless. What have I seen other than what the bottom looks like? And and to me, that was like, here I am with other things that don't deserve love and are monsters. <laughs> um, stuck somewhere between the gloom and the light. He he likes that uh, that kind of phrasing, between yeah. this and this type yeah. of thing. This song, this is, I, I thought, a fitting final song. It, it has a big ending to it, mm-hmm. but the ending only lasts for, you know, 20 seconds. <laughs> um, but it, but for them, it's kind of like a, a big finish, you yeah. know? D- did that have any influence on this being the fifth and final song?
0: Yeah, I definitely, when I chose this song, it was definitely like, okay, this has to be the end not just be i mean it's the end of the album too but it's it's just a great closer and the last line for what it's worth i'm sorry and i swear at the end or and at the end i swear i'm trying is just mm-hmm. such a great line just those last chords that they're hitting and then when they're they're hitting them they're only hitting the lower strings and then the last one they do the full chord with you know five or six of the strings and it just rings out you know how I like a ringed out a, a ringing
1: chord well y- you beat me to the punch I-, I definitely wanted to talk about that as well what I'm doing is I'm going to ruin this song for you so Sweet. here is here is the uh the big chords Giant. That, Danny, you and every other Touche Amore fan are going to love what I'm about to do. <laughs> it's a little recency bias, but that chord sounded a lot like this. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me this isn't the band we were talking about that was secretly influenced by Third Eye Blind.
0: Sure, sure. Like...
1: God, I, we just need to let a little light into this episode. And for me, that's Third Eye Blind. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> That's the song that even ends with the big chord at the end that they cut fucking short. <laughs> and then
1: Touche Amore, you know, corrected it for you. Sure, yeah, okay. No, those big end chord crashes are, are really good. Um, and yeah, the, the only lyric I wrote down in my notes was, for what it's worth, I'm sorry, and I swear I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, <laughs> to borrow an annoying phrase from many music journalists, but specifically one that you might like or you might hate, I'm not sure, but kind of his thesis statement in a way like a lot of these songs are about I've fucked up, but I'm doing my best and I'm trying to get better.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And, and that's kind of those, those two lines kind of really encapsulate that really, really well. And the fact that he sings that over the diminishing, not uh, because I know a diminishing chord is like an actual thing. I don't mean it that way. I mean like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like ringing out, um, he sings it over that. So it's like it's very like bare and you can just really connect with his his emotions right there. And I hate everything I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. That's exactly why I like this song. It's short. It's to the point, And it ends with a great fucking line that you hopefully can relate to. You just you can't deny it.
1: Yeah. Like. You cannot get out of the way of that line and how he delivers it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. And then I, so again, like with Tilda, so in Tilda, he says, The water will shape the sides and I'll walk with my head held high. And when it all comes crashing in, and then this song, he says, I have no excuses that I can offer, just the hope that your forgiveness will hold back water. Mm-hmm. Does he make like similar? You know, analogies in other songs, like are these themes he goes back to or like the, the way he kind of illustrates these ideas?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely on this album in particular, I don't think too, there's much of that on the first album as far as like those kind of things. The, the songs on the first album definitely fall more in the hardcore realm where I don't see as much connection between one song to the next, whereas the, the following albums, I definitely feel there's a thread that goes through them. There's a story being told. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see, you know, kind of similar themes going through this song and Tilda, because they're from the same album. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and I guess when you have the word C in your, album title, yeah. you're going to make some references to water. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> but yeah, how'd you like the blast beat?
1: I I liked it quite a bit. There was no musical choices made in these five songs that made me like second guess it. Sure, sure. They are very in control mm-hmm. and confident in what they are doing. And so m- maybe someone with a lot of experience with this band or with this genre could, you know, rightly criticize it a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I took everything for what it was and nothing was, was off-putting or seemed out of place. You know, I really liked on this song the the quiet part where the drummer mm-hmm. is just kind of like, he's on the ride and yeah. and the guitars are clean, like kind of right before it swells back up again. Like... They, I think, in these five songs, maybe there's two parts that are kind of like that that are all the more enjoyable and rewarding because they just give you these tiny little moments to breathe, mm-hmm. you know, before kind of hitting you again with the the heavier stuff. And yeah, man, I I, I liked it all. The 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 drummer is. He's got his uh, work cut out for him being in a band like this. Um, and it, it's really impressive, especially the the few songs I saw them live. Like it would just
0: absolutely wear me out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, this uh, this album and the one after it, which I, I didn't give you any songs off of. He like went crazy with blast beats. It almost feels like I, I learned how to do this blast beat. I'm going to do it on at least one part in every song sure like it was fine on on this album and then when um is survived by came out i was like man he's still doing like blast beats on every song when it's not really necessary and then by stage four Hmm. and and lament too like he's he's kind of left those behind because i mean i i love a blast beat there's there's always a time and place for it but i feel like he was doing it a bit too much to where it felt like okay you're just trying to throw these in now
1: what was any other part of the songwriting or song song structure different on "Is Survived by"?
0: Something about that album didn't really grab me right away. I had a hard time getting into that one. That's why one of the reasons I didn't pick any songs off of it, and I just haven't spent enough time with it because of that. That I haven't really mm-hmm. latched on to any of those songs. So yeah, something I don't know what it was, but something felt off on that album for me i know a lot of people like that album and it it has some good songs on it for sure but and then stage four came out and i was like holy shit they've kind of turned a corner in their songwriting uh they they did a split with um uh the band pianos become the teeth which uh i'll wait a while before i i give you songs from from that band because who do they have some heavy lyrics too but they did a split with them and the song off of there was their first song that like broke the three minute i think it's four minutes long and i was like holy shit these guys are writing long songs now and then right. yeah, stage four came out and it was a whole thing like I, like i said they they turned a corner in their songwriting uh and lament uh, so far uh has been great listening to it i almost included a song off of there uh just because um andy hull from um manchester orchestra does uh, guest vocals on that on a song
1: Oh wow. Yeah. That is an interesting He is an interesting guy, Andy Hole. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of feel bad I have I have not kept up with more recent Manchester Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean anyway, that's that's not what we're talking about here. But um yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, whatever. <laughs> um, but no that that's just an interesting I wouldn't have guessed that he would be on a quote unquote hardcore record. Yeah. But thinking about his his lyrical content, it actually makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah his, those, those lyrics are, are very good, too. Yes. But um, OK, I got a couple tangents and then maybe I can get into some final thoughts. Sweet. So couple tangents. I, I sort of broke the rules because as I was on Spotify, I was I was like, OK, you know, fans also liked and that mm-hmm. that, you know, break your teeth on pianos or whatever that band was called. That was one of them. <laughs> um and yeah. but like i was looking through those bands and i was like i don't know any of these bands um which <laughs> kind of let me know that i was uh not in the right place like i just, i felt very much like uh, <laughs> just ignorant i guess i just felt not not like a poser cuz but um yeah yeah i was just... just like oh wow i really have this huge blind spot which i guess is what this podcast is for <laughs> yes and then um on their albums it said also appears on and they appear on a tribute to Nevermind.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: Have you heard their their song on that? Yes. they do Lounge Act. Mm-hmm. So I I listened to that. Um, I'm sorry if this now makes this episode null and void because I have violated the podcast constitution. But um, w- what mean, do you think of
0: their cover there? Uh, I mean, I feel like almost every time we one of us. listens to a song we're not supposed to. So uh, (laughs) This was on purpose, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't really remember it. That's fair. Yeah. I bought that comp, yeah, because they're on it, and I think Boris is on there, too, and Thou Mm -hmm. and and some other really great bands. Yeah, I I mean, I don't really remember anything off of (laughs) the comp. I just bought it because there's good Uh, bands on it.
1: It's insane to me that you purchased that. I never would have thought that uh, was a thing someone would do. Um, well, I'm guessing this was pre-internet streaming. Is it a an older compilation? No, no. It, compilation?
0: It's, it's just something that I bought because it has bands on it that I like owning their stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Um, the, that label did one for all three main Nirvana albums and I bought all three. Circa survives nice. on one of them. You like mm. them, right? No, <laughs> I know.
1: In in our are are you joking? Yes, I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's like I'm pretty sure I said they were bad last episode. <laughs> I thought in in that lounge act, uh, the cover of Lounge Act, he he, s- he sings differently than he sings in his own songs, mm-hmm. and it sounded like m- he was singing like Marilyn Manson almost. Mm. Which they will not be appearing on hopefully any list on this podcast. But um, yeah, I yeah, I thought that was kind of surprising. And it was just it was a very nothing cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I can't remember if I already said this or not, but I don't think Lounge Act is one of Nirvana's better songs anyway. Yeah. Like when, when I opened up the album and I was like, Oh, I wonder what song they did, and when it was Lounge Act, I was like, Ugh, all right. I did listen to
0: Thou is does two tracks. On that mm, they, album? They have uh, like a, an entire album of, of Nirvana covers.
1: Oh, I might have to to listen to that because I thought their covers were fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and then Something's in the Way... Um, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is covered by nothing. And, yeah. and they just do... It's like a very stripped-down piano version mm-hmm. that I thought was pretty good. But anyway, so, so that was my tangent. Okay, so... Um, some final thoughts. At first, I was almost kind of relieved by the short song lengths,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, it kind of made the prospect of getting through the playlist a little less daunting. Especially because I was like, "Ooh, hardcore! Like, what am I up against?" You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it turned out like I was up against nothing. I was up against like, to be honest, kind of mellow music with a guy straining his vocals over it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. It, it was not at all. You know, I, I thought it was going to be more, like, propaganda or even, like, harder than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, like, I maybe would kind of defeat the purpose or it would lower the quality. But I was like, oh, these songs are too short. Like, I wanted <laughs> – I just yeah. wanted more. Yeah. And like, but I guess you you just – that wouldn't be the the genre or the style anymore. So I, I, I guess I'm asking them to be a different band, which <laughs> – Doesn't seem fair. (laughs) I like them, and despite this, like, fucking constant uphill battle, this entire episode, this entire record has been, or at least how it's felt, Mm -hmm. I could see this being a band, like, out of just the five you've given me so far, but, you know, potentially beyond this, the one that I grow closest to Mm -hmm. in the future... We kind of stumbled through some deep territory and I liked that. Like I, I liked the, the conversations we were just starting to have. And to be honest, we probably could have gotten deeper or more personal. Mm -hmm. And, and because of that, like, I kind of want to see, can this guy, like, can he make me feel more than (laughs) I, than I naturally do on a day-to-day basis Um, Like, what I was saying about Flowers and You about, like, no, I don't want to regret not, like, spending time with my dying mother. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, I don't want to, you know, live with that regret after. But I also, like, sure as shit want to feel something. Yeah. And right now, I, I wonder. And so I, like, you know, maybe this is a band and maybe these are ideas and thoughts that... I need to make myself more comfortable with Mm -hmm. and maybe Jeremy is kind of the, the guy to help me get there in some ways. So, yeah, so, so I could definitely see me growing a a, a personal attachment that maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't feel with, you know, like, like wax wing. I liked all the songs, but Mm -hmm. I don't see them being like that um, maybe important um, down the road.
0: So, okay yeah yeah definitely give uh stage four a listen it's a great album there's so much emotion behind those songs there's some fucking heartbreaking lyrics in there a little bit of a spoiler I guess if you want but <clears throat> he's got a song on there how about how he they were touring in in Florida when his mom passed away and how he got a phone call. Uh, and he didn't want to listen to it, listen to the message. And then he like goes out across the street after the show or whatever. And he finally listens to the message that his mom passed away. And he's got a song about that. And it's just, oh, it's fucking heartbreaking, man. <laughs> I'm already like, as you're describing that, I'm
1: already like resisting. Like I'm, I'm already like trying to like push that <laughs> away. You know, like I, I don't need that. I don't need to listen to it. I don't need to or like I'll I'll do it I'll do it next week instead of doing it now yeah, like that yeah. sort of thing just cuz maybe like he was doing with the voicemail L- Lament um,
0: Lament seems to be a much uh much happier album so you know maybe start there and you've got Andy Hall in there so
1: <laughs> as the title would suggest it sounds like a blast <laughs> <laughs> it really says something if Lament is it contains your happier material <laughs> yeah 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 Man, okay, I've been going back and forth on on the rating aspect of mm-hmm. it, which is 100% the least important part <laughs> of what we do here. So, I was listening to the Empire Empire episode last night mm-hmm. and I already forget what rating I gave them, but I was like, that was too low. That was too low. Mm-hmm. I I wish I had given them more and like I feel like I'm kind of saving fours and above. Like you don't want to give like a 4 And then you hear something that you like better. So I was thinking at first, I was like, okay, what did I give Empire Empire? I was like, all right, well, let's add like 0.2 to whatever that was. And then give Touche Amore whatever I initially gave Empire Empire. Okay. But now I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know if I liked Empire Empire better. Like, that was my initial thought. Like, even earlier today, I was like, okay, I like Touche Amore. I, I liked this playlist, but I can't rate them above Empire Empire. Mm-hmm. And so I want to boost – I want to retroactively boost <laughs> the Empire Empire rating and okay. then slot Touche Amore right under them. I think on any given day, I'd be more likely to listen to Empire Empire because it's easier. Yeah. Um, which is weird because – they're emo. So, <laughs> but like Touche Moore just like fucking drills straight to your heart and like screams the thoughts that you don't want to <laughs> confront yes. right into your heart, right yeah. into your soul. Um, And where I feel like Empire, Empire, like I can kind of like I can dodge and like deflect a little bit more. I mean, that voice is so weak. I can like knock that aside. Um, <laughs> Gosh, dang it. This is this is tough. This inconsequential part is uh, is really really <laughs> tough. This is what I would say. I'm, okay. I'm gonna break new ground here on five songs or less. Do it. I would say at their peak, right now for me, at their peak, Touche Amore is a four point two. Ooh. When I I don't feel like listening to an album of you know hardcore or an album of screaming, uh-huh. they are a.
0: Okay. Okay. Dante, your next assignment. Assignment. (laughs) Your next assignment. Even if the lyrics are heavy, most of them are in Japanese. Ooh. Your next band is Boris. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) I got to figure out a fucking playlist. I've been struggling with that one.
1: Do you have like at least, you know, like three, you know, for sure. And then you got to figure out the other two or something like that.
0: And they have such a fucking huge discography and, and maybe a third of it is on streaming services. So I got to like whittle it down to only what's available. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh, I just, uh,
1: so I just Googled Boris. And the first thing that pops up is Boris Johnson. Is that who you mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you five <laughs> Boris Johnson songs. Okay. It's going to be good. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm maybe, I guess we could, this is a sneak preview for a couple weeks from now, but I'm just looking at Google images for Boris Band, mm-hmm. and they are all um, relevant. And then you get down to an NME link, and the headline is. Boris Johnson's favorite band is The Clash, and fans are not happy about it.
0: Yeah, that's fucking stupid. I'm Boris Johnson, and I don't understand lyrics. <laughs> well, at least it's better than Trump, who
1: just doesn't like music. I mean, like, just yeah, at all. I guess because music isn't him, so mm-hmm. he doesn't love it.
0: Yes, or or his daughter.
1: He loves his daughter. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anything else about Boris Johnson or Donald (laughs) Trump's daughter?
0: No, nothing else about them. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Sorry.
1: But what do I feel like right in this moment? Do I think they're a .1? No. Do I think they're a .2? .3. .4. (laughs) .5. .6. .7. .8. (laughs) 1.1 1.2 1.3 1.4 1.5 1.6 1.1 1. <laughs> 1. 1. 1.2 1. 1.3 1. 1.4 1.5 1.6 How long are you going to do this? 1.7 1.8 1.9 2 2.1 <laughs> You ready for me to give you your next band? 2.3. 2.4. 2.5. I hate this. 2.6. Oh, I'm sorry, Danny. (laughs) Are you asking me to stop the count? (laughs) What's my next band? (sighs) This is going to be really <laughs> topical when this episode comes out in four months. Yeah, it really is.
0: Did you plan that?
1: Uh, I did, and then I fucking forgot and gave them, I somehow gave them two ratings, neither of which used this dumb bit. <laughs> and then then I had to be like, oh, but, uh, I guess what about right now? <laughs> so I just manufactured that so I can do the, the counting joke. Um, for the record, we are recording on November 7th. 2020, um, just days after American Election Day and really just hours before the presidency was called. Um, So at this time, saying the phrase stop the count means something.